What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, all Double G here from Fight Game Media. Our Patreon, aka Fight Game Media Network Plus, recently turned one. We've been through a lot of trial and error as well as progress with the network, and we want to thank our subscribers, both old and new, with a token of our appreciation, literally a digital token. We've created our very first POAP. If you don't know what that is, think of it as an NFT that celebrates an event. If you don't know what an NFT is, well, Google will help you with that. If you join Fight Game Media Network Plus today at patreon.com front slash fight game media, you can claim your year one Fight Game Media Network Plus POAP. We're only doing 100 of them, so join now to claim your prize. It's just $5 per month, and we have a ton of current and historical audio content waiting for you. And boom goes the dynamite. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Boom Fight Game Media. What a Fight Game Media's top two AEW-centric podcast every week. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. I'm joined here, of course, as always, by my co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been? Really good, and especially now that I found out we're one of the top two AEW-centered podcasts in the Fight Game Media group. You know, I wanted to say premiere. Frankly, I have no idea of any numbers, and we've got the weekly AEW Dynamite show that you co-hosted. Right. So I think that makes us top two. I think we're solidly there. We're top at least three. At least two. Yeah, we're top. Look, we're top three at the least, and uh, and yes. I think we're making a good run here. We're making a solid run. <laughs> um, so basically, I thought about renaming the podcast this week to um, the Hook. I think this is going to be a very that hook-centric podcast. I don't know what else we'd be talking about other than Taz finally sent Hook, and he landed with a boom, my friend. He did. When we named the show, it was an anticipation of this night. It was the uh, squash match heard yeah. around the world. The The internet melted down. Uh, many people melted down. What's the most shocking thing about the statement I just made is I did not even make the ref in my brain. I did not connect our show's name, the boom to what I was saying. That's how, that's what, <laughs> that's how bad my brain is. Yeah. I was, I've got like, I want to start, look, we've got winter is coming on its way. We've got Adam. We have Adam hangman page doing things, but mm-hmm. Hook is all Hook, Hook is all I'm thinking about right now. I did not expect a lot. I just thought he's been hanging around for the better part of a year because he's green. Clearly not. Clearly Taz didn't want to send him out until he was absolutely ready to enter the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Um, Ed in San Antonio, if you're listening to this, you now have your 10th name. I know you were looking for a 10th. You have it. His name is Hook. I I was blown away, Kevin. I was absolutely blown away. Yeah, I mean, I was in the middle of it thinking, can a guy win Rookie of the Year with one match? Yeah, uh, yeah. He he did look that good. Now, I mean, I'll temper it. In in our uh, Facebook discussion group with Fighting Media, there were people, you know, uh, quote, wet blanketing or whatever, or bringing reality, however you want to put it. You know, this guy's got a long way to go, and, he, and we don't know if he can do like a real match yet. You know, this was more of an exhibition of moves he knows how to do, but... 
who looks that good in their first yeah, match? How many people? The- how many people for real looked that good in their first ever match? Look, I get people TV. trying. I get people trying to be the wet blanket here. They want to be the cool contrarian. They're dead to me. I've blocked and reported every single one of them. You're dead to me. I blocked you on Goodreads. I blocked you freaking everywhere. The thing is, what was the most impressive to me here wasn't wasn't the cool throws. It wasn't the suplexes. It was how slick his movements were. And mm-hmm. our buddy Oliver Cop said that he had been told by Dustin Rhodes. And Oliver Cop knows. Oliver is for those that don't know Oliver, he is a, the German commentator for AEW. He's worked for the UFC in the past. He's worked for WCW. He said Dustin Rhodes had told him Hook was the smoothest guy in the ring that he'd worked with since Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Mm-mm. One thing that always pops out to me is the basics, just like in football, just in like so many other sports, when Hook had Fuego Del Sol in the corner and he's simply mm-hmm. punching him. Those punches mm-hmm. were some of the best punches in AEW, and I'm including some of my favorite wrestlers in that, that these were better than. It had nothing to do with Fuego selling, and Fuego, by the way, this was one of Fuego's better matches, in my opinion, and I wonder mm-hmm. how much that has to do with with Hook. Like, he, that was a great Fuego match, Kevin. Well, I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm sure that Fuego is one of his training partners, Yeah, uh, you know, that they've got experience together. So I'm sure that this is even, you know, there was an article in um, I forgot which um, magazine, uh, Pitchfork magazine, mm-hmm. uh, on their website about the about that match and his debut. And in that, they claimed that the match was not scripted out and it was other than the finish was called in the ring. I mean, there's probably a lot of leeway in that. You know, I'm yeah. sure that uh, Hook did not uh, do anything. They didn't do any spots they hadn't done before. I'll put it right. that way. Right. But. Uh, Still, though, I mean, the dude can go and uh, his punches look good. Now, you know, if we, if you want to pick and I've watched the match like five, six times because it was easy to watch. Ooh. Yeah. And I would just dug into it, you know, just being like, all right, what's, what's this guy doing really well? What's kind of, you know, hiding and that kind of thing. Um, this was not a heavily choreographed match in terms of, you know, them doing a lot of cooperative spots. It was just hook throwing the dude around a lot. Um, and even the counters made sense. You know, there was a great hip toss that hook just landed square on both feet and did an arm drag or, uh, like a judo throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even there was one spot, there were only two spots that I could possibly criticize. Now, look, I'm not a John LaRocca who's worked with wrestlers, you know, hands on Ben worked in, in the ring, managed people, booked people, all that kind of stuff, or, or some of the people that have weighed in. I'm just a guy who's been watching wrestling a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's things that other that people who have worked and worked with workers can see that I can't. But what I can see as a fan was this dude is crisp. He's fluid. There were only two things that I could even possibly criticize as a viewer. One of them was uh, he did the judo throw and had wrist control. Then he like let go of his wrist control picked him up, threw him down again and grabbed his wrist. And it was like, okay, he kind of forgot what he was doing there for just a second, but it was like two seconds. Yeah. And then he did these, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, throwing his arm around the dude's head. Um, I've forgotten the word for the move, but basically forearms to the side of the head before he locked in the test. Those didn't look a little, they didn't look great, but I mean, I'll I'll tell you, I (laughs) rewatched that a couple times and I remember it. The match was so like he he looked so good that I remember looking at that and thinking, 
is he doing those wrong or is he just doing those differently in a way I'm not expecting? And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I will I will give it to the doubters and say he did those wrong. He can work those out in his second match before the Hall of Fame. Yeah, his <laughs> second yeah. match. Right. Yeah. Start to finish, though, from the moment that keyboard or that action. I mean, the, the music, perfect the action Bronson song. If you've never heard that song, uh, go look up uh, the uh, action Bronson's YouTube channel. The music video is ridiculous and hilarious, and you will understand exactly why Hook picked that as his music. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know the, that. When you see the music video. Yeah, it's 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 a like 70s exploitation uh, film like it's just nothing but violent scenes from like a 70s cop movie type scenes. Uh, it's fantastic. And it totally gives you just like, OK, that's the personality of Hook. Right. He's just a street badass. He doesn't care about his hair. He doesn't care about you. All he wants to do is chew gum and kick ass. Look, I've, and, I've gotten a lot of compliments yeah. from my hair over the years, but <laughs> like I wouldn't worry about my hair either if I had literally the best hair I've ever seen on a human being like like let's talk about this presentation the man is coming down he's coming down the aisle mm -hmm. um they kill the lights yeah he's you he's the organ he looks unconcerned mm -hmm. he has the face of a, of a badass the hair looks like he just rolled out of bed and like but it's like women are probably just swooning at this hair it's so nonchalantly awesome the gear looks amazing and then, like, just everything was perfect. And you realize, and one of the things, like, look, Taz said he's friends with Action Bronson. I'm sure mm -hmm. Tony Khan still had to pay some money for that song, mm -hmm. telling us Tony Khan knew uh, probably a long mm -hmm. time ago how good Hook was going to be. And one of the things that hit me is, if he's this good now, he sure as heck wasn't bad six months ago. But they mm -hmm. did something that I think was brilliant, whether they meant to do this or not. The one thing that always throws people off, whether it's in pro wrestling or even the UFC, when you make your debut on the big stage, there's nerves. There's always nerves. And you'll always see some minor screw ups due to nerves. Hook has been just coming out, eating chips and, 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 and whipping ass for months on yep. the big stage in front of the crowds, in front of the cameras. All that, those butterflies are long since gone for him. So yeah. he didn't have to worry about that. He's had that worked out for six months before he even get, had to make his debut. And that's something that, that is a benefit given to him that isn't given to everybody. And it worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It, when I, I went back and I asked in the group, how many first match debuts have you seen that were this successful as a debut? Yeah. And really, most of the examples we came up with were either celebrities like Pat McAfee, yeah, yeah, Lawrence Taylor, D'Angelo Williams, and TNA had an amazing one. That was that was things where people or Shaq and um, Jade yeah, even. It's situations uh, where they recently. didn't where they didn't mess up. And but right. this one, he did so much so well. That's the difference, right? And and also, there's also been so few actual quote-unquote debuts where it's somebody's first professional match where they're getting paid on tv i can't think of very many that i've seen maybe I dustin Rhodes, like way back in the day mm -hmm. and lately I'm, i mean i think there's probably been a couple maybe on dark of people that have wrestled at the nightmare factory and uh and that's it this is the best i've ever seen because i don't think i've seen many 
Yeah, the closest thing, and this wouldn't be the similar situation. It wouldn't be exactly similar because these guys had experience before that, but this would have been their first TV match would be top flight when they first debuted mm. against the, the the Young Bucks. And they were clearly like, oh, my gosh, they were so impressive. They didn't mess up at all. And it's a very similar thing where people are like, these are the tag team of the future. This is, yeah. you know, these guys are the next Young Bucks, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and if one, one thing we've learned from Dante is – uh, and 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 we would from Darius too if he hadn't been hurt. Yeah. Is there is you can debut really well and still have a long road ahead of you. you yes. Know? Hook Hook has a long road ahead. That's... There will be points where it, where he will have to work with young people. He can't be pushed too fast too soon. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like to me because the way they debuted it in the context of the Team Taz uh, Dante feud is his first opponents will probably be Leo Rush Dante Martin. Yeah, and that, uh, those are and great opponents. That'd be great. <laughs> and look, I understand. Listen, listeners, people who are who are laid back to the podcast right now, I know you're ready for Hook to beat CM Punk. I know I'm ready for Hook to beat CM Punk. <laughs> I think we might have to wait 5 to 15 years for Hook to beat CM Punk, but I know we're all ready right now. But this, I'm really glad you brought up Top Flight because, as you know, this is something I want to bring up, is even though... WWE, and this might be partially because WWE was locking down so many talents early on in the history of AEW to keep them from AEW. They have signed a lot of very young wrestlers, younger than we usually see entering pro wrestling. And so they already have like this next generation, but they also have a another whole like third generation of incredibly young athletes. We've got Hook at 22. Dante Martin at 20 years old, Darius Martin at 22, Julia Hart at 19. I'm not saying these are all phenomenal, but they're all already on television. Mm -hmm. Alan Angel's 23, Anna J 23, Sky Blue 21, and of course, capping it all off, negative one, coming in at a cool 11 years old. Yep. Investing in the future. 11 years old. And that that kid already gets a lot. And he literally... Yeah, and he literally already has a contract that says when he turns 18, he's got mm-hmm. a job if he wants it. And you're right. He absolutely gets a lot. I know a lot of people don't like, like – I know it's very – I think it's an even split. A lot of people mm-hmm. enjoy seeing him, understand seeing him. A lot of people absolutely hate it. I think it can be overdone, but I don't I don't dislike seeing him. He absolutely, I think, gets wrestling. And, and you can already tell he's not going to be – if he wants to work in wrestling, he's not going to be terrible at it. Yeah, I hope that if he really does want to pursue it, that um, his that he got his dad's genetics in that respect and has. Yeah. I mean, both of his parents, I believe his mom worked as a wrestler for a little while, too, early on. I don't know about that. Um, I don't know. I want to say that I could be wrong, but, um, you know, it, it would be a shame if his body doesn't keep up with his ambition and his yeah. knowledge, because he, he really shows that even at 11, he. You know, he understands how to play to a camera. He understands how to stay in character, that kind of stuff, you know, and not to overhype negative one. But yeah, uh, well, anyway, we would a little off topic, but we would all love for him to be six, nine. But the thing is, if he never achieves that, John Silver's doing well for himself in AEW, you know, very, 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 very true. It's the one spot where you can make it no matter your size, which brings up something. I don't know where it would fit in elsewhere. So I'll throw it out right now. Um, 
Marco Stunt tried out for The Voice and got a callback. A callback. And I know that's not it's not incredibly rare to get a callback, but I have to think with his look, his story, and he is a really good singer, I have to think he's got a real shot of making The Voice, and that could be huge for him and AEW. It could, even if it's just a one-episode appearance. Uh, I could totally see them putting on there because it is a great story, great look. Yeah. You know, he's it. it's somewhat knowing that... You know, they'll get some extra viewers from people who are familiar with, you know, just like putting the Miz on Dancing with the Stars. You're trying to draw from different audiences. I can see him getting on there. Who knows if he'll get, you know, go any further, but I could see them casting him in the show. You know, one thing I thought about when you brought up the long, the, the list of, uh, young talent that AEW has signed earlier this week, um, WWE published a list of people they've signed to their, uh, I think the NIL contracts, next yeah. to contracts, yeah. the nil right. list, These people, the nil list, which is yeah. kind of odd, but, uh, you know, this people that they've signed to lock up to work with after they graduate college, a lot of impressive people on it and everything. Yeah. I wonder how many of them wanted to be wrestlers before they talked to WWE. That's a you know? really good question. That's a really because good question because look at the can, list. They don't all look like your typical wrestling fans. Yeah. There's one There's like a pair of twins that are yeah. uh, like, you know, division one basketball players, very yeah. talented. They're also TikTok stars and already have three licensing deals with different yeah. companies. It'd be awesome if we had a new set of Bellas, but like, do and they you really want to be wrestlers? That's the thing. And I, I think it's probably a situation where the WWE sat them down and said, look, look at the Bella mm-hmm. twins. Look where they are now. Mm-hmm. We would like to do this with you. And who would say no to that? Yeah. You know, the Bellas right. had because the Bellas were on Total Divas. I think they have their own show, Total Bellas. Um, like mm-hmm. they did it incredibly well. Like one thing I talk about a lot with people about, oh, who would you like to see jump to AEW? Who should never jump to AEW? Look, I actually I don't dislike the Miz at all. I, I think I'm rare in that. I don't dislike the Miz. I think he accomplished a lot as a wrestler, but it would be insane for him to leave. Like the Miz has his own TV show, his own reality show. He every 10 years, he gets the title belt from a week or two. Like <laughs> it would be insane for the Miz to leave. And I, and the, right. I think those twins made a really good decision. Mm-hmm. If they're already TikTok stars, yeah. they clearly have well, like, solidly drawing personalities right if you could if they have the talent athletic talent to make it in the wwe that's a brilliant career move but then do they want to fall flat on their back you know 20 times a night yeah is one of the questions you know the miz wanted to be a wrestler and that's one of the yeah. things about the talent that AEW signed these are people who have followed their dream yep and you know whether they're going to be good or not or whether they're going to be superstars or not these are people who really want to do what they're doing and that to me is going to be the difference um you know uh but with the talent they put out when you look at all the former wwe women like Paige, they've all Mm -hmm. suffered like really like i don't mean all but many have suffered some really really life-changing injuries Mm-hmm. And hopefully these ladies will learn like that's something I'll, like I will I can get a lot of success. I can get a lot of money, but you can come out of that a changed person. And one of the things like since we're talking about this, I'm going to talk about it like your people deal with it. We're talking about the nil list. When I saw it, uh, I was asked about it on radio this week. For anybody who doesn't know, I do a weekly uh, MMA radio show, Sports Talk 977.com, every Wednesday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. And I was uh, they know I'm a wrestling fan. They know about this podcast. We pitch it every week, kind of pimp it on there every week. 
And they were asking me what I thought of the nil, the nil list, and I thought um, it reminds me of when Jim Ross was head of talent relations, and he brought in an athlete-based class of um, yep. like Brock Lesnar, uh, I think Randy Orton, and of course Randy Orton isn't, he's just not a random athlete. Um, oh, what is his name? Uh, African-American athlete. Shelton. Shelton Benjamin. Shelton who, Benjamin. One of the guys I, I was absolutely a mark for until I oh, started yeah. burying him. But it was an incredible class. I believe – I'm not sure, but I think Dave Batista was part of this. Yep. And it was just one solid class where everybody became superstars. Mm-hmm. And then because like Brock left for the UFC and different things happened, Vince decided this was a terrible idea and killed it. And they quit doing it. And now it's that again. So clearly it is successful if you're picking mm-hmm. the right people. And man, mm-hmm. when you go through that list and look at sizes, like the guy from LSU, like you've got so many people who are like six five, six nine, three thirty. Like this could be yep. a this could be one of the best things they've ever done. But the thing is, yep. what we all know is WWE continues to they always seem to shoot themse- themselves in the foot. They're they their losses aren't from AEW or ROH or anybody else. Their losses are all self-imposed. Yeah. So what do you think if, if we were to bring this back to Tony Khan mm-hmm. and make our recommendations as to how do you keep this going? How do you how do you go groom talent? How do you go scout? Should he just be scouting indies? Should he be scouting wrestling schools? Do or do you think you know, that he should hire someone to go start looking at those real sports athletes. I, I think a lot of people like your your older wrestlers like your Christopher Daniels and guys like that, and maybe some others who aren't currently employed. I absolutely think you put those guys on on the payroll and you don't have to pay them a half a million a year. I think there's a lot of older wrestlers who would love a nice $70,000 a year salary to drive around the country and go to football games, you know, mm-hmm. and go to and go to basketball games and talk to guys. And the thing is, you can spot great athletes and you can also spot good athletes who are wrestling fans. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of people there that would see uh, you know, let's let's just say um I don't know, a Jeff Hardy or whoever, they'd see him and mm-hmm. recognize him and want to talk to him. And, you know, I think that would be a good idea. But right now they're again. And I think it was because they were forced to look really young. They've mm-hmm. grabbed some really great talent. Like they didn't get Braun Breaker. And I wish nope. I, I wish Hook was the size of Braun Breaker. But when I saw Hook, I was like, I'm I'm not pining as hard for Braun Breaker anymore. Um, yeah. But also, I think you made a really good point in that the WWE is going for the big name, the high level athletes. AEW has been going for the people that want to wrestle. And I think in the end, I think you can end up with some very similar. I think you can end up with some very similar outcomes, but mm-hmm. I think AEW will end up hitting with more of them where WWE doesn't have to hit with as many one or two. If one or two work out and can be a new Kurt Angle. They can they can end yep. up getting more out of their classes than maybe AEW does. I think it's just time will tell on this one. Yeah, very true. So let's see. So okay, so we've talked about that. Now let's talk about the big heel turn of the week, and that's this like Les Long Island, New York. That was a fascinating <laughs> thing. I don't even know how to yes. properly talk about it, but they came out just like CM Punk did in Chicago. We bring MJF out. 
in Long Island. Well, we bring CM Punk out in Long Island to help turn the crowd before yep. they run their promo hyping CM Punk as the hometown hero, and it worked out beautifully. And I love they wanted it to happen. They made it happen. It worked. And I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it, Kevin. It was pretty great. I, you know, I, I think you could maybe compare it to some of the Bret Hart appearances in Canada. Uh, but even then that was, that was more of national pride and, you know, cheering right. for our guy with this was really like the way that they played it. And again, we've talked about it before of how well, uh, AEW knows how to push buttons. Mm -hmm. Like they know how to use music and cut off music. And, you know, you see it with Jericho, you see it with MGF now with punk, yeah. you know, love, we're going to start with MGF's music. We're going to give you the thing. We're going to all going to cheer because we're all here to cheer MJF, but nope, it's punk. And he's going to walk down with no music and you could hear that crowd. There were people chanting CM Punk and they kind of died out, you know, and it was, I would say that crowd was pretty torn between what they wanted to do until Punk basically gave them permission. Yeah. No, no, no. We want you guys to be the heel tonight. And he just went on him and you could almost feel with them of saying, oh, great. We get to be the bad guys tonight. Let's do it. And they all got into it. And, you know, uh, he just let them have it. Let the Islanders have it. <laughs> Uh, and Man, he buried the Islanders. Six I'm, not, I'm not a hockey guy, so I didn't quite get, you know, how accurate it was. But Me either, man. but I loved every second of it uh, because you yeah. could tell how well it worked. He knew the buttons right. he needed to push. The only thing that even remotely I could even remotely compare it to has nothing to do with wrestling. And that's when Bill Burr was at a comedy festival in Philadelphia mm -hmm. and they were they were burying everybody, every comedian. And he came out and he spent, I believe, and this is on YouTube, you can find it. I believe he spent 15 solid minutes burying this crowd to the point where he turned them to where then they were cheering him on as he was telling them what horrible pieces of trash they, their parents, their children, and all their sports teams were. He completely turned the audience, just like CM Punk, kind of like you said, gave yeah. them permission to be the heels. And as soon as they got permission, they were all in. That's right. It was, and it was great. And it was so good because it played up so well, because then when they came back with that, incredible Oscar worthy Emmy worthy hype video for MJF it was beautiful. driving to his old hometown, old, you know, stomping grounds, yeah. talking about him being the captain of the acapella team. Uh, <laughs> and then just, you know, going off, like it, it became a bromance between yeah. MJF and the city of long Island. And it, it also led beautifully into the end of the Battle Royal where, yes. where, where MJF is walking away and Dante Martin mm -hmm. is getting beaten up by Ricky Starks. And that's the only time you would ever even remotely believe that MJF might yeah. turn and help because here, one night only, in, on Long Island, he's the face. And he's he turns hero, yeah. and he, it was beautiful. He turned and he went back to walking away and he turned and finally he runs back. He faces off with Ricky Starks and then they mm -hmm. both jump down together and start beating the living hell out of poor Dante Martin. It was <laughs> wonderful. Dante. It was great. Yes. I absolutely it was great loved because it. they cheered. They cheered him walking away. Yep. Then they cheered him coming down even and then more. They cheered the then meeting. they cheered even more. Yeah. It just it was the stair step of cheers. That was amazing. And CM Punk set it all up. None of that could have yeah. happened without, without what the 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 
the mastery of CM Punk on the mic. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so we had our third annual um, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, which I really wish had 20 people, but only has a cool dozen. Dante yep. Martin turns on Team Taz. They insinuate on commentary that Leo Rush had always been in on this. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm liking... I was very critical early of, of how they were handling Leo Rush and Dante, and I'm not critical anymore. I really like where this is going, and I'm excited I, about I, it. I do like where it's going, and I am excited about him about him turning sort of like the world is right again with Dante mm-hmm. as a as a good guy. Yeah, um, it did feel a little a little quick, you know. It, I can that, see that. that all that. You know, that just all that was just to set up me turning on you in the Battle Royal. Like it seemed a little uh, premature, but but it, you know, one thing I did like about it was how well they intertwined two storylines into one match. So you had the Dante Team Taz saga and you had the MJF Wardlow and Punk thing. And they tied it all together in a way that they were able to tell they were able to affect each other without um without becoming intertwined, you know, like, yeah, uh, no, that's really impressive. That's incredibly impressive. I think the crazy thing with Dante is, um, the fact that we've, we've been on a real roller coaster with him and I don't know if we've heard him say a single word, not a single word. Like they are telling a story without this man opening his mouth. Leo's opened his mouth. Ricky Starks has opened his mouth. Taz has opened his mouth. I don't think Dante said a single word Maybe this whole storyline. I can't wait for the contract signing segment between Dante Martin and Hook, (laughs) where they just sit there and stare at each other. Yeah, I wonder if we're gonna get. I I I kind of hope they just ignore the fact that 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 Dante has a signed deal with Team Taz. They could probably, in storyline, force him to not wrestle unless it's for them. I hope we don't get any any deeper into that. Yeah, best best left that alone. Yeah, probably. hopefully we leave it. But I like that as he leaves, we bring in we bring in Hook, and now Team Taz feels more powerful than ever with Ricky Starks, who feels like he's going to be a top guy. Will Hobbs, who had a really good spot with uh, with Wardlow, mm, he did. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad we got that because I don't think we get enough Will Hobbs as a like feeling uh, threatening on TV and. And now Hook looking like, I don't know, maybe the next uh, Luthez for, slash Frank Gotch. <laughs> uh, I think we've we've got a really we've got a really solid little crew there on Team Taz. One of the things we've been talking about is why join Team Taz? What can they do for right. you? They can apparently give you yeah. the best damn hair anybody's ever seen and the smoothest right. moves since Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's, That's what right. Team Taz can do for you. And dang, dang it, I'm trying not to cuss too much here. I'm ready for le- for legit Layla Hirsch to join Team Taz. I need her in her orange outfit. I need her suplexing women to death right on the top of their heads in a very reckless manner. That's what I. That's the last thing I want out of Team Taz, Kevin. See, I w- I would put Layla. I want to see Layla in uh, Brian Danielson's imaginary stable that we're Ooh. fantasizing about. Ooh yeah. Well, that's man. It's a shame. It's kind of a. Sh- See, this is me. I'm a, I'm a baby when I talk about these things. In my mind, I'm like, man, I love Team Taz right now. I love Hook. Then it's like, oh, man, it's mm-hmm. such a shame Team Taz exists because we could get right. Hook in Brian Danielson's imaginary stable. Yeah. 
You get there's... Layla Hirsch, Hook, and Daniel Garcia in one stable with Brian Danielson. They'll rule the world. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which, by the way, we had – Um, I don't have this in my notes to talk about right now, but we got some more 2.0 goodness this week. We got a lot more – I don't know his actual name. Matt Poino is what I'll call him. That man is a gift to, gift from the wrestling gods, whatever he's doing. To know that now we are heading towards what's going to be – it looks like it's going to be Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful or Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Jericho – versus 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. I'm excited about that. And that just makes me want, look, we talked about last week, I want the trios division right now even more than ever. Me too. Yeah, me too. I keep thinking they're building to it. Who knows? Maybe once we get to the beginning of the year, they've got these big shows out of the way, they'll start it up. We've gone 30 minutes basically talking about Hook. All right, let's get moving. (laughs) The return, you know I was excited for this, the return of Trent and Sue. Sue appears to be an official member of Chaos. This was a big point of discussion in the Fight Game media group. What are your thoughts on Trent? What are your thoughts on Sue? Um, Against my best instincts, I always get excited when that minivan pops up. There's something about Trent coming out, deadpanning, uh, the whole kiss on the cheek from his mom, just like, yep, I love my mom, and now I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah, uh, There's something about that that I just love. It's it's the kind of ridiculousness that I like in pro wrestling. Now, I cannot defend it. Right. When my buddies are being beat up in the middle of the ring, I'm not going to wait for my mom to pull me up in the minivan and give me a kiss on the cheek. I'm just going to go help. Kevin Ely, uh, are you telling me right now that you can outrun a minivan? I don't think you can, my friend. I don't think <laughs> the you can. The minivan's only going to get you so far. <laughs> There's fans get, of the way. It you gets him, danger them. It, it gets the man close enough. Come on. No, I, I, I get what you're saying there. And I have always, I've always made a big deal about WWE ridiculousness and other people ridiculousness. I do love my comedy coming from the right people at the right time. And Trent should probably not be a comedy guy. But Trent, we were we were all we were going to do a video podcast today. I've had technical issues all days why we didn't. And I actually was going to show a promo of why I love best friends and why I love Chuck, because I get that most people prefer Trent. Trent is the better athlete. Trent could be, mm-hmm. I think, a hot. He could be a champion in most promotions. No problem. I get that. And I think AEW might be about to make a move with Trent, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But I love Trent and Chuck because I love the fact that the whole – I love the names best friends because the point fact of the matter is Trent and Chuck as best friends – get goofy together the i fell in love with them via promos not wrestling because the first thing i saw of them before watching them in new japan was some promos where they're 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 talking they're like trent's getting threatening trent starts ripping his shirt off and chuck starts laughing he's like what are you doing like why are you taking your shirt off and there's so many great promos like that where they're just cracking each other up and mm-hmm. I like that is the focus of why I love best friends is Trent isn't a goofy guy, but when he's with his best buddy, he is goofy. And mm-hmm. I love the idea they're hanging around. They need a ride to the stadium. Let's hop in Sue's minivan. She'll get us there quickest. You know, yep. I just 
I love that. Now, look, I don't want Sue involved in angles. I don't want no. Sue no, on no. a pole. I don't want to sue on a pole match. Although there is a pole match, I do hope does come from this, and that comes from I believe it. I don't remember if it was on Dynamite or on Rampage. We got, um, we got the face off. We got the super click. It was Rampage because Mark Henry was hosting this segment. The super click mm-hmm. versus best friends, and Trent starts saying. I've just came mm-hmm. back. I've got this cool new haircut. Shouldn't this be about me? And yep. Orange Cassidy shut him down. And we've had a couple things like that. And and after after their big melee in the ring, after Trent's return, we got the Rapungi Vice music. Yep. And I'm wondering if we might see, because right now Best Friends has like 34 members, not even Chaos, <laughs> just Best Friends <laughs> right. is packed. I yeah. wonder if we might get a deal where we have Chuck Taylor kind of battling Rocky Romero, who doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon, mm-hmm. for the heart of Trent. And so, yeah, if we want, if if Tony Khan wants to give us a something on a pole match, give us Trent Moretta on a pole. Give us Chuck versus Rocky. <laughs> Chuck I'm Taylor here for that. Versus Rocky, Trent Brett on yeah. a pole match. Because listen, you heard man, it here first. A few weeks ago, you said to me, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or off, but mm-hmm. like, we're like, with, if Trent we, comes back soon, we could get Rapungi Vice, and Rapungi Vice versus Young Bucks was a classic yep. New Japan, like Wrestle Kingdom match. Mm-hmm. And I immediately knew you were right, and it's clear you were right. We've got their Pungi Vice music. We've got Trent back. They're currently in a feud with the Young Bucks. I think that's mm-hmm. where we're heading, and I think Trent might be leaving Best Friends, and uh, I think that might be a good thing for Trent Moretta. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, hints of him being annoyed with Wheeler Yuta, too. Like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? He, you know, where did yeah. he come from? Because Wheeler showed up after Trent was hurt to yeah. fill in for him. And the way that they're playing it up is Trent doesn't know Wheeler from Adam. Exactly. Like, and I think he's put out. He thinks he should be a bigger deal now that he's back. I think there's a lot of great storyline elements there. And I think best friends can absolutely lose Trent Beretta right now. With with Wheeler Uta filling in, we've got Orange Cassidy there. We've got Chris Statlander. They're a solid group. Now, listen, if Trent's like, who's Wheeler Uta? I think most of a most AEW fans were wondering that when they threw him in, and that is something I want to talk about with Rocky Romero. We know Rocky Romero. I don't know how mm-hmm. many AEW fans know Rocky Romero, and it was never properly explained why he no. was even here, what he was doing there. Like they said, he's from Chaos. I think most most AEW fans don't know who Chaos is, and I think they're yeah. only just now kind of getting a feel for who Rocky Romero is. And one thing I picked up from the Fight Game Media chat. Not a lot of Chuck Taylor fans. And so when no, I was thinking, no. we had this match, and it's Chuck Taylor, who apparently nobody likes but me, and Rocky mm-hmm. Romero, who casual fans don't have a clue mm-hmm. who he is or why he has an eye patch. I think they were all all thought this is a legit question from Superclick. <laughs> yeah, it like, was a legit is, question. Is, is that and he didn't really? have an answer. No, he did not have an answer, especially when you go on YouTube and see him without the eye patch on so many different things. Um <laughs> Is this really what you want to be your main event versus Young Bucks? Like, I, I understand it, and it felt like a good main event to me. I have a feeling mm-hmm. it might have fallen flat with a lot of casual fans. And I, I, I talk about casual fans a lot because yeah. I, I want AEW to succeed, and I know your 800,000 hardcores or 600,000 hardcores or whatever, they're not going to get you to that next level. Look, I think 
when we want to talk about a wrestle war, I think WWE is slowly dying and I don't think there's anything they know how they, I don't think there's anything they can do about it. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think this is a five year mm-hmm. down the road thing. And I think AEW is going to keep growing. But mm-hmm. for right now, I think they should they should give us some more packages when Wheeler Yuta debuts, when Rocky Romero debuts. Let people know who these guys are because they're awesome. Yeah, we've talked about um, their ability, how they reward fans for paying really close attention, but they have to make sure that they don't punish fans for not knowing things. And yeah. I think that's one of the things, you know, uh, that um, AEW should really think about. We've talked about something like this in the past is just have someone there who's making sense of things who maybe doesn't even know that much. Yeah. You know, uh, someone who isn't as well versed as Tony Khan in all the history of the yeah. last 25, Where, 30 years of wrestling and say like, wait a minute, who, who's chaos? Yep. Yeah. If they, if they have to ask, then you need to figure out how to write. You need a answer. package and it can be a 30 mm-hmm. second. You can say a lot in 30 seconds, man. I've, I've had to put together social media packages. I've had to help do commercials and you can say so much in 30 seconds or a minute. And are you really losing that much? Have the young bucks run to the ring a tad bit faster, you know, and you've got space <laughs> and you've got space for your commercial. Um, right. Before we go on about this, I just want to give a quick pitch for fight game media plus that that is the Fight Game Media Patreon group. It is $5 a month. That is incredibly cheap, even in this economy. We have four exclusive and weekly podcasts on the Patreon, including John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez covering 1997 WWF and soon 1998 WWF. And, uh, those are some hot years. Uh, we've got yep. Paul Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins covering every AEW Dynamite show Wednesday night, just a couple hours after Dynamite is over. Again, that's why I can't say we are the very best. It's kind of a toss-up right now between uh, us, <laughs> Paul, and Jeff. Uh, we've got Scott Edwards doing the five-star Yoshi show and the full version of Brace to Im- for Impact with Mike G- Gilbert and J.D. Oliva. Also, we'll have monthly bonus content from all the shows on the free feed, including ours. Uh, we're going to try and do a, kind of an end of the year, like award show deal for AEW. Also, we're talking about doing some uh, some Patreon-only watch parties where you can watch with us via like a Facebook Live or a YouTube Live um, and watch an episode of Rampage with us while we basically uh, talk about how amazing Hook is for the better part of an hour. <laughs> But yeah, all the so tons of monthly content. You're supporting me, you're supporting Kevin, you're supporting everybody else who works here at Fight Game Media. Of course, go check out fightgamemedia.com, whether you're just a wrestling fan or whether you're also into boxing and MMA. They do great work. Look, I'm a big boxing fan. My dad was an amateur boxer, undefeated amateur boxer, actually. Wow. And, and I've got to say, Fight Game Media has really, really impressive boxing content, really great MMA content from Ryan Frederick. I've, I, I used to cover the uh, MMA almost full time. I was going to Vegas all the time covering fights as credential media. And I got to tell you, Ryan Frederick, Paul Fontaine, I would always see them there. They really know what they're talking about. I think Fight Game Media has some of the best content out there, whatever level of com- combat sports you're into. So yeah, go get, make sure you follow us everywhere. Make sure you check the website and absolutely go. If you can contribute your $5, go do it. Or I might come to your house and make it awkward. Just saying. <laughs> it might bring Chuck Taylor with him. Exactly. I, me and Chuck might show up and you don't want that. Trust me. Yep. Okay. So this isn't a big, I don't think this is that big a thing for the week, but it's, it was interesting to me. We had the Rio versus Britt Baker match a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. It was great. Now we had Rio versus uh, Jamie Hayter. It was freaking great. 
I've always liked Rio, but I never loved Rio. When during her title run, I thought she's so small. A lot of her mm-hmm. moves, she's like jumping off the top rope. I'm thinking, if I'm walking down the road and Rio comes off a stoplight onto me, I might not even know it happened. Like she might just bounce off. I wouldn't even know she's there. Mm-hmm. But for so I, I never thought her moves were that impactful. For whatever reason, Rio seems like this Rio right now seems like the best Rio we've ever had. For whatever reason, when I watch her matches, I don't have any explanation. I don't get those feelings anymore. Like she looks like she's a little more hard hitting. She comes a little heavier with her moves, and I really like it. Also, it probably doesn't hurt that Jamie Hayter's really good and Britt Baker's gotten so much better. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when she actually has a match with Britt because I think a lot of what played into this match was uh, Jamie Hader can take a shot. Yeah, you know she's she's uh, she's a hundred percent woman and she can uh, you know she she's not afraid of taking some hits. You know, so I think I think Riho is you know injecting a little Darby into her game. Yeah, you know, just going ahead and letting it fly a little bit. And it was and it was one of those things where I was like, you know, if I were to really critique, we talked about, you know, kind of nitpicking hook a little bit. Mm-hmm. You could probably look at that match and say it was probably a little sloppy in some places, and yeah. a little messy in some places. But you know what? I kind of like that. Yeah, I, especially matches like this where where it is like a, you know, a slobber knocker, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And and so I agree. I think I think Rio is more impressive. I think a lot of it had to do with Jamie just like saying, I can take whatever you throw at me. Yeah. Uh, and and it was the best Jamie I think we've seen in a while. I've, yes. I've yes. been talking about how like Jamie has always intrigued me. I've really wanted to see her be more of a Chris Statlander and mm-hmm. you know be some one of these titans. That's you know, what I've been I've that, been wanting to I've been wanting to talk over you, and I finally decided to do it. To say go, go Jamie Hater, Chris Statlander. When you're talking about these women that can take hits, I've loved basically the addition of those two women because those yep. are two hard hitting, powerful women, and I've I've absolutely loved what they bring to the women's division right now. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I enjoyed that match a lot, and um, and uh, I even liked how they wrapped up the uh, dissension with Jamie and and Britt. Yeah, in that she's like, yeah, she screwed up. I got mad. We talked it. We worked it out. We're still friends. Yeah, and you know, and again, I think planted a seed. I think again, they're so good at planting long term storylines, and when we see things like that, we're used to those happening in the matter. Listen. In WWE, you expect them to create a tag team, give them the titles, take them off of them, put them back on them, and then break up the tag team in three weeks, max. Yep. And then release it's, one of them. Yes, may, or, or both of them. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on – Yeah. There was Paul London, the, that tag team back in the day. They break them up to push one guy. They fire the other one. Then the push doesn't work, so they fire him instead of just putting back together the best tag team they had for years. I'm not going to get too far off topic, though, so let's talk about another woman who I don't think has been the most impressive, but she really impressed me this week, and that is Julia Hart, and she impressed me with one of the greatest horror movie screams I have ever ever heard when the lights go out it's her and her and the varsity blondes and they come back up and malachi black was standing there first of all that image was so impressive to me because you have these three literal kids standing here Mm -hmm. in their high school outfits and then you have this monster and he looks like a monster with his horns it was such a juxtaposition such a beautiful dichotomy i loved it before he did anything i didn't know where they were going but then he sprays the mist in julie hart's face and she screams like she has been shot it is go to youtube re-listen to it a hundred times it is awesome and then she shared on twitter 
the text that she got from her seven-year-old little sister right. who was worried yes. about her. And I love I loved it so much. I don't know if Julia Hart is gonna be uh, ever be a five-star wrestler, but as as a manager, as a valet, with that scream and her look, she can do no wrong right now. I absolutely loved that segment. Yeah, she almost convinced me that the mist hit her because I think it didn't quite. I think it actually got on Brian a little more than it hit her. But she sold like that's the point. She sold you know, it so that's well, wrestling. you miss it. Yeah, if you sell it, it you don't know that it missed, and that's what she was trying to do. And you're right, she she gave it her all. And now, who knows where this is going? Yeah, I don't know why he decided there, to attack poor Julia. Um, I've, I've heard theories. Yeah. Of, you know, are, is this actually marking them for recruitment or some kind of thing? Or like they slowly, that, basically they slowly turn mm, evil slash heel. Yeah. And that she could be doing an Alexa Bliss type deal. Yeah. I'm seeing some gritted teeth here. That. I don't think you like if that's the way it's going. Yeah, I, I don't mind people turning evil, but I just don't want it to be you know, magic and that yeah. kind of thing. He, yeah. Al, Alistair, Malachi, uh, I, I don't want Alistair Black. Well, actually, Alistair Black was fine. What I don't want yeah. is Bray Wyatt yeah. in in AEW. If Wyndham Rotunda comes in, and that's great, but like, yeah. I I don't think we need demon possession and that kind of thing yeah. in there. I don't I, mind a person who dresses evil. I just don't yeah. want him to actually, you know. I am slightly. I am very slight, and I'm holding my fingers really close together here. Very <laughs> slightly tolerant of your occasional magic. But only mm-hmm. really at the Hardy compound. I don't need it in the ring. Like, do what you want at the Hardy compound, right. and I will eat it up all day long. Do your insanity there. I was okay with him disappearing from the ice machine uh, during the stadium <laughs> stampede. But again, only slightly, because we don't see it. We don't know it's magic. Maybe there's just right. a secret tunnel between the ice machine and yeah. elsewhere. But yeah, they I'm shut all you. that down pretty fast with the teleportation and the multiple personalities. Yeah. Like they, I think they, that, you know, I think, but you know, Malachi tends to, I, you know, like I think uh, someone pointed out earlier, I think it was Jeff Hawkins on the dynamite show that like left to his own devices. This is the kind of stuff that Tommy end would do. Yeah. You know, that Malachi Black would do. This is the right. kind of thing he wants to do. He he. There's a very sports entertainment aspect for as gritty and as tough and yeah. as hardcore he is as he is in the ring. He likes his lore. I think one of the big. Uh, so, hmm. Yeah, I think one of the big issues is we, we, that we've seen where we have seen this kind of stuff up till now, including Matt Hardy's teleportation. Almost every time you see something like that, you eventually hear Chris Jericho pushed it. Almost every time with the Matt Hardy teleportation, Tony Khan straight yeah. up said he did not want to do it. Chris Jericho talked him into it. The the Satsuma sadness match or whatever that was. The what what was that? The um what? with orange. Well, I don't know what it that wasn't is. it wasn't a magical match, but it was a ridiculous match. It was the uh Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho oh, match. The mimosa. The mimosa mayhem, not Satsuma yeah. Sadness. Yeah. But that was a Chris Jericho thing, and a lot of the stadium stampede. Like Chris Jericho has brought a lot of sports entertainment ideas with him, and I do love the mm-hmm. fact he's creative. And some of the things he's done were very were really entertaining, especially during the pandemic. But I'm hoping that Tony Khan is slowly learning to stand up to his sports entertainment icons like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, and saying, "Let's take this to let's take this to Matt Hardy's house, and then maybe." 
then, yeah. <laughs> then maybe. Um, right. By the way, real quick, I will throw this out here. A lot of people out here are thinking there's a lot of conspiracy theories out here. And Lord knows I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists think Jeff Hardy, like all the reports were this week. Of course, Jeff Hardy was fired by WWE for anybody looking mm-hmm. back in this from the next millennium. Um, are th- a lot of people are saying like all the reports are just he seemed addled a little bit. Some people yeah. think this was all a work on Jeff Hardy's part mm-hmm. to get fired, to come in, because almost immediately Matt Hardy is pushing on Twitter with some little hints of a reuniting in AEW. And I think if if Jeff Hardy is actually on drugs or drunk. Tony Khan would never bring him in. And so a lot of yeah. people are pushing the conspiracy theory. Maybe this was all a work just to get him to AEW where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I would hope I, that's, that's a conspiracy I, that I hope I, would be true because I if it is true, then that means fine. that he's not in trouble. Yes. yes. I would prefer him to be fine. Uh, we don't need sure. multiple good, multiple guys in rehab at the same time from multiple promotions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, God bless Jeff Hardy. I I was just talking to a friend today, uh, who talked about a time that he and his wife met Jeff Hardy and, uh, saying that his wife was sober and it meant a lot to her to, to meet Jeff Hardy. Uh, cause I think at the time he was doing fine and he like gave her some words of encouragement about, you know, it's one day at a time and all that. And so to hear that, you know, if he is in bad shape right now, it's just, oh man, I just all the best to him. And I hope he yeah. can get his stuff together. You know, yeah. I really hope it's just a Brian Pillman getting that release yeah. type deal. You know, I hope that would so. be, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. So we had, um, we, we talk every week about where, where the Cody thing's going. Some people love mm-hmm. what's happening with Cody. Some people don't. He came out. He challenged Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. That is fascinating. That is really fascinating yep. match. Um, and then he, of course, starts walking towards the heel tunnel, turns around, goes out the face yep. tunnel. What's your take on this? I love that he did that because I've always been a fan of the heel and face tunnels of yeah. that they come out of. Um, I do think he is in full on troll mode right now. And I he, love it. He has to be. He has to be. I have a wild booking theory. OK, uh, I am that, so excited uh, that and I have no indication, but I'm just saying it could fall into place this way. I don't think this is actually what they're doing, but if they really wanted to go for it, I think it could work out. So, um Cody is not allowed to challenge for the uh, world title. Right. In theory. Um, Brian Danielson is facing Hangman Page this week. We don't know who the big world title challenger will be after that, but they have a Battle of the Belts show coming up in January. We don't know who's going to be the main event of that. Cody challenged uh, Sammy for a TNT title match. Um, that I think he said Christmas, which would lead me to believe that it's either, uh, I think the, the Christmas week. Yeah. And they've got those two, like they've got the, also they've got the new year's blast shows or whatever that are right around Christmas, like right before new year's. Right. So what would happen if Cody were to, uh, face, uh, Sammy at Christmas for the TNT title. And before that, they announced that at Battle of the Belts, the TNT champion will face the world champion uh, for the world title. Cody challenges Sammy, beats him for the TNT title, and then says, well, now I have to challenge for the world title because it's in the contract. I can't let them fans down. Then goes on to defeat Hangman Page 
for the world title, becomes a world champion, turns heel, but refuses to admit it by saying, look, I'm just fulfilling, you know, I'm just fulfilling my obligations as the, uh, you know, champ- it, it, he, would, he would be able to so fully happy. turn heel and be the king heel uh, in their organization. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about Hangman Page. I think it's probably the last thing we need to talk about is yeah. uh, just Hangman Page in general. Um, if they really don't have faith in Hangman as a champion, uh, you know, a heel Cody, you could do a lot worse with. And there's always going to be that thing that someday he'll turn heel. And the way he'll turn heel is by going back on that stipulation. Yeah. It's super convoluted. It's probably not the right thing to do, but it was a thought I had while walking my dog. I love it. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Like this is two weeks in a row. You've brought something where as soon as you started to say it, it's made perfect sense. Also, they really like they're building Battle of the Belts, and for I hate the name Battle of the Belts. I really hate it because mm-hmm. it sounds like a local MMA promotion that happens in a town mm-hmm. with like nineteen thousand people, <laughs> and might maybe that's why it has that name specifically to build to that event. I could absolutely see it, and so yeah. So one of the big issues is a lot of people are down on Hangman Page's champion. A lot mm-hmm. of people think he's been a flop. My opinion is we haven't even really seen him. He hasn't wrestled any matches as champion. He's mm-hmm. he's they put him on commentary, which is maybe the worst place you could put him. Like we saw yep. we saw Excalibur get absolutely exasperated with him yes, on commentary. Did. That's not the place for him. And I don't think AEW is the type of place, even if they're frustrated with this, to give up on him so quickly. I could see I could absolutely see him absolutely taking out Brian Danielson in not that long and that giving him the boost he needs moving forward. I don't think this is, I don't think, I don't think Brian Danielson versus Adam page is set up to build Adam page up specifically because going in, Brian wasn't necessarily a heel. He is now, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's all about what comes next. And I think this match is going to be a big part of telling us where this Adam Page, uh, I was going to say presidency, where his championship reign <laughs> administration. is. Yes, the administration. This is going to show us where the administration of Adam Page is going to go, I think. And I'm so excited right. about it. And I'm super excited that you're going to be there live to see this. Yep. Um, yep. I don't, I, I hate you moderately, but you did have an extra ticket invited me. I just can't get there. Um, and But really appreciate that. So how are yeah. you feeling? All that to say, how are you feeling about Adam Page right now? Uh, well, I'm super excited about the match. I I feel I have to defend Adam Page uh, a bit because I I do think look his, his these past few weeks have been underwhelming when it comes mm-hmm. to Page. It's been more about a feud between the Dark Order and Brian Danielson. It's all it's all been about the challenger, and we haven't really seen him. We haven't seen that feeling that we had in week one when Paige and Danielson first got in the ring, and you thought, wow, this is a really big deal. One of the biggest stars of the last 10 years is face-to-face with, quote, our guy, yeah. and our guy feels like as big of a star as he does. And then yeah. Paige started to recede. The shame that I think that 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 people who are calling for him to lose right now is that that is not really Paige's fault. Like, no, every time they've put Paige in a moment to shine, he has shined. Yeah. I don't know why they have held him back. I don't they've the you know, someone said they Ronnie Garvin him like the way they you know, the way that Ronnie Garvin, when he won the yeah. world title, he said, oh, I'm not going to defend till Starcade. And they kept him off TV. And then it was really underwhelming. Yeah, I think the worst thing they could do right now is take the belt off a of page at this match. He's yes. got to at least have one defense. If they if they have him lose, 
in his first title defense, he will be the guy who just couldn't do it. And they could say, well, we'll build him up later. He'll, you know, that kind of thing. But I think it will really hurt him. It would. It would. I think it would really hurt him. I don't know if he could come back from that. And what it would do, it would prove everybody right that just says AEW is WWE light. If you only put the belts on w, former WWE yes. guys and the first guy mm-hmm. who's your own mm-hmm. homegrown guy, you just take mm-hmm. the belt right off. By the way, I'm yep. going to take it back real quick to him on commentary because, look, mm-hmm. I love Adam Page. He was terrible on mm-hmm. commentary. But... When they put the camera on him on commentary, he would give a freaking grin. And all of a sudden, my heart grew three sizes because that was like the winningest <laughs> grin. Like he sold, he had me forget how bad he was on commentary with that right. grin. When he is given a mic and he goes to the ring, he's over. When he does anything, he's over. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of what's going on now, I personally think, is pretty impromptu because I think he was supposed to feud with John Moxley right now. Yes. And I think that would be way more over. And look, they didn't do this perfectly. And I think one thing they 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 they've done wrong in the past is taking guys and putting they put them on TV week in and week out, sometimes for months not wrestling anybody. They did it with Sting. They bring a, they, they've done it with other people. And I think mm-hmm. one of the problems is if you're going to bring out the champion, like don't bring him out every week. And when he, when he comes out, it needs to be building towards something that's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's an issue. Like you used to not see, you never see, didn't see Ric Flair every week on NWA. It was a special thing right. to see the champion. And I think it needs mm-hmm. to be a little more special when you see Adam Page and he definitely, but he does need to be defending. He does need to be wrestling mm-hmm. somebody again. Have him wrestle, come so out and squash Lee Moriarty. Yeah, so that 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 would be my question. I was thinking about this today. Uh, I was listening to uh, John LaRocca's show on our mm-hmm. on our feed on the free feed. Uh, Take yeah. it home, where he he spent the whole episode talking about Hangman, how he would book him. Totally respect his opinion. He's got history as a booker and mm-hmm. promoter. I learn a lot every time I listen to John, and he was talking about what he would do differently. And it occurred to me, you know, so we, I think we generally agree. Hangman probably should have been wrestling more because that's when he's the most over is when he's winning matches. Yeah. Who would you have put him in the ring against over the last four weeks? I wonder is my question. Oh man. I don't like, know where we, we have up. him do tag matches. You know I'm mean? saying? That's, that's sort of the, the pinch of it is he should be in the ring winning matches, but who should he be beating you know he yeah. shouldn't be doing any other like future top contenders or anything like that i'll say this i i don't have a name for you right this second but mm-hmm. if he's gonna be on tv and he's not wrestling i would rather see him like they uh, they want him to come to the ring and then they end up getting a video package up on the screen where it's him in the dark order like drunk on a boat like have him be <laughs> off celebrating and see yeah. John Silver doing a backflip off of a little off of a like a yacht. Like give me that instead of him coming out and talking and not wrestling. Like right. there's th- other things you could do or, that I think would have been a little better. Um, yeah. But let's see. I think. Yeah, you. That's the thing is you could have him wrestle non-title matches because you can't have him wrestle mm-hmm. Lee Moriarty for the title. You also don't want to no. do that many big blow-offs, so you can't really go much beyond like say Will mm-hmm. Hobbs level. Um, mm-hmm. But you could have him do. I don't know. I like. I for Sean instance, Spears. I, you, you, Sean Spears. You could have him do uh, like a tune-up match against a Daniel Garcia. 
Yeah, you know, that'd be great. Because he's a similar style. You could say yeah. like, hey, I'm going to take on this guy because I'm going to learn to fight really technical guys, you know, yeah. or Lee Mariotti could even fit into that. Yeah. Um, you know, and just just have him get workouts or you could, you know, have 2.0 mouth off against him and start a thing. There's so many options. Um, There's so many options. Or um, they could have gone even a different route. And and I, I think... I think what they did was they tried to stick to the original plan as much as possible. I agree that it was yeah. probably John Moxley beating up people. Um, but had they gone a different direction, what they could have done was Hangman won the title and immediately fell off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> probably I, not. Yeah. Probably not in the best taste considering the Jeff Hardy situation. But Which brings it you know, back to but, my but yacht he's like, situation. Hey, I'm the champ. Yeah. Right. He's on. He's partying. He's on the. I'm the champ. No problem. I don't have to defend this guy against whatever. Meanwhile, yeah. Brian Danielson's beating up his buddies. And this time, like a Colt Cabana or uh, an Evil Uno has to go in and set him straight and say, hey, man, we're getting torn apart here. You need to take your job seriously, you know, uh, and have a little because one of the things they do well with Paige is have these different levels to him, dimensions to him, you know. Um, and I think that's one of the strengths of his character. They could have done yeah, something like that. Or they could have even even teased that he was falling off the wagon when in reality, right. like he was just enjoying his title win and celebrating. And then he comes right. in and saves the day. By the or way, just we, trying to, yeah, or just trying to like fool Danielson into thinking yeah. that he's easy, that he's easy pickings. Yeah. That's the thing you want. We've already shown he's a smart guy. Like he he ended up um, outsmarting uh, big money Matt Hardy and taking yep. a quarter of his yearly salary. Great example. Um, where if you watch BTE, you know the Dark Order ended up stealing his credit card and buying him so many things after he admitted. They bought a lawnmower. Turned, they bought a lawnmower. They bought a lot of things. And then he's like, yeah, guys, I actually, I turned down that money. So, uh I got to go call my credit card company. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, they all bought incredibly expensive things as gifts to him on his dime. Um, which, by the way, I really we 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 hyped up the Johnny the Johnny Hungy the John Silver Brian Danielson match. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't seem to think it was anything special. I thought it was. I thought the crowd was into it. They were all chanting Johnny Hungy. They showed his record. It's twenty four and six. I think John Silver is big, a little bigger than the rest of the Dark Order, and I think they kind of established that. And I think the crowd felt it. Whether all the viewers did or not, I can't say, but I did, and I really liked it. I thought yeah. he got a lot of good offense in early and a little. More more than the other members of the Dark Order did. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I think what I would like to have seen to make it a little extra would be to see him um, kind of get a little mad in the yeah. because he kind of stayed Johnny Hungy throughout the whole match. And, you know, Colt Cabana used to do this really well where he would be sort of Colt Cabana, the fun mm-hmm. catch wrestler guy and, and do fun spots to fool people up. But then when it came to a certain point, he just gets slapped across the face and yeah get serious i think that would have added a little bit of that extra dimension I, to him if, if yeah if silver had really gotten serious and i don't know if it's just i think Silver's we've seen that before but only very rarely like i think we saw that yeah. aspect of him on the um on the john huber on the brody lee mm-hmm. like memorial show i think we saw that and it was really yeah. great i i agree with you i think you're 100 right on that yeah so let's see i guess it's time for should have been on impact or should have been on dynamite. Definitely. None of this should have been on impact. None of it should have been on dynamite. Uh, the great words of Mr. Paul Fontaine. And for me, I'll give you mine. Mine happened last night and that, and it happened. And this is probably why I had that slip of the tongue. It happened on, um, ROH final battle. And that is, we had the Briscoes face off with FTR 
And uh, I think we're going to get that match in AEW. I think it's going to be on Impact or going to be on Dynamite. Whether it happens or not, uh, I think I think it's going to happen. Don't know if it's going to happen on Dynamite. Don't know if it's going to happen on Rampage. We're going to get those guys together. Um, I can't imagine where else it would happen now that ROH is kind of gone for a little while. I mean, yeah. the Briscoes are in GCW. I don't see FTR going to GCW and risking being impaled by God knows what are being set on fire just randomly. Uh, but I'm excited. We've been talking about this for, we started talking about it last week. It looks like we're going to get this match. Yeah. And I'm super excited about that. We, I think you, you last week, you talked about how you've been wanting to mention it and talk about it uh, yeah. for a few weeks of them being backstage. Hopefully that meant that they worked something out. Yeah. We uh, got them backstage. AW seems to do yeah. it. We got I don't know Twitter. how many people FTR can feud with at once, though. They've got a thing with the Lucha Bros going. They're feuding with Darby and Sting. That's true. Uh, there's and, been a lot of you know, there's been a lot of speculation that that was that that was the blow off match between mm. them and the Lucha Brothers, which was very good, by the way. I really really liked that match. I thought it was the best Ray Phoenix we've seen in a while. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then it then like I think five minutes later. They attack Sting and Darby Allen, and I'm like, man, you got to give. I said this on Twitter. You got to give those guys credit. They get over a title loss really quickly. Like they're like, let's yeah. go be evil on somebody else now. Right? They they're drinking whatever 2.0's been drinking. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I I I got to be honest though. I they should be the champions. Like if they're going to do this, I would rather them do this yeah. as the champion defending against a bunch of people, you know, unless their role yeah. is to put all these people over. That's, that's okay too. Right. But to me, a part of FTR's gimmick is that they're the best tag team in the world or the best tag team in history. Yeah. And to me, they need to have a little more substantial reign to back up that resume. I agree. Especially coming in, like the whole deal, they, they, they'd had the argument with the young bucks online for years over who was the greatest in the world. And then they, like they took the titles and then they lost them. And then they've just, haven't been around that much and now they're having matches and they're losing and and they need more wins and they need to be able to show they are the best in the world and and we've got the storyline that they got they got pinned last time it was the wrong guy that got pinned because of the well it turns out one of them was actually knocked unconscious by Ray Phoenix is kind of the reason mm -hmm. that didn't go off that well on camera uh but yeah I don't I think they should be I think this tag division should be a little more focused around FTR I, I yeah, think they should be the sure. first. They they keep talking about the two time champions, and it feels like it keeps feeling like they're going to be the next two, the, the first two time champions in AEW. But when? Yeah. Who knows? Also, also, we don't have an announcement yet on them versus Sting and Darby Allen. That has to be coming soon. I'm wondering if something happens. I think something's got to happen at Winter is Coming between those two tag teams if we're going to get a match. Yeah, and they haven't announced a lot for next week, so which is surprising no. considering it's a it's a big special. They really only have th uh, four matches four. announced. Yeah, let's go through yeah. this. Um, okay. We've got, of course, main event: Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson for the title belts. We've got MJF versus Dante Martin for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, we've got, and I am so excited for this. We've got Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb in a no DQ match, mm -hmm. and then we have then we have Wardlow versus Matt Seidel, which should be fun. Like, I'm hoping I'm hoping we're now going to get the, the the Wardlow push at the same time we're going to get the hook push. Uh, that's somebody else <laughs> they've been holding off on that we haven't talked about. And I didn't look up his age. I don't think he's that mm -hmm. old. Um, 
But I basically I'm saying I hope that match leads to something. I hope it means something. It's not just this will be a fun match. Me too. It's such a random matchup to announce it is. this far ahead when there's other matches to also, be to be built up. Yeah. Like we had both those guys in the in the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal and maybe Wardlow throughout Mount Matt Seidel. I do not remember. But mm-hmm. it seems like that would have been something built off of that match, and I don't have any clear recom- uh, any clear memory of of anything big happening between them in that match. Me either. There were there were other eliminations I don't even remember. Like Jay Lethal yeah. was in that match, and I don't even remember, which is a shame for Jay. Let me try and pull. I'm going to try and pull this up while we're talking. Yeah, Jay. Um, actually, I, I thought it was really awkward that we did not know who was going to be in that match until the match was happening. And I was like trying to make a list. It took me forever to figure out. I was looking at Lee Johnson because I watched it on my laptop and not on my TV like I, I usually do. And then we saw the first appearance of Frankie Kazarian in a long time. I, I Something I tried to do earlier and I could not I could not find is I wanted to look at the lineup between this winner, between this Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal and the other two because I don't think this was quite as heavy hitting a lineup as the others. I seem to remember the first one being having a lot of major names in it. I think Cody Rhodes might have been in it. Um, mm-hmm. And this one, like they just there weren't a lot. Like there were storylines happening in it, and I, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate that. And we talked about how they did a couple storylines really well, but wasn't mm-hmm. the star power I was expecting. Mm-mm. They pretty much just treated it as a title defense by MJF. Like yeah. you know that it was yeah. basically. You know, there's two things that are going to happen in this match, and we're not going to worry about anything else. So, yeah, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about that, and I'd kind of change the subject, but like they did a really good job of it. And there's really all kind of all I have to say on it. I thought they did a really good job, but I do wish they would have had a couple bigger names in the match. Um, yeah, they they did a great job of like MJF just straight up hiding behind Wardlow. That was beautiful. That worked. That worked. That really was well. Um, I was kind of surprised that Sean Spears wasn't in the match. That surprised me, but he did a good job outside the oh, ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you have anything you think should have been on dynamite this week? I don't have any standouts this week other than the general sense that um, the road to dynamite videos that they publish every week uh, on Tuesdays are pretty much required viewing for me now beforehand, because it is always things that I'm like, why is this not as part of dynamite? You know? Yeah. I know that 100% so good. next week, the the video that they're going to publish for the Hangman Page versus Danielson match on Tuesday is probably going to be fantastic. And 100,000 people are going to see it on YouTube. And 100,000 people are going to see it when we could have had, you know, a millions over the, you know, combined over the span of three weeks. Yeah. Um, so they do it. So they just do such a good job of that stuff. And I don't know why they don't um, insert it more. It's not well incorporated. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. One more one more this week that, that slipped my mind until something you said there. I don't know what it was. And that mm-hmm. was a blast from the past. And that is Tony Schiavone coming to us live from the AEW con- yes. the control room. I the control had center. that in my notes. Yeah. Yep. And I forgot. That, I that, loved it. It looked just like it did back in the day in WCW. It looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's back. It was like, what, five, ten minutes? And uh, it was wonderful. And I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. it's back. And again, something we probably should see on TV. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, and and I know they probably couldn't do a whole segment like that, but I hope they I hope what they do is they they incorporate the road to 
documentary style stuff into the show better. Yeah. And just let and just let uh, the control center be its own uh, I, YouTube piece. It's so I fun. would rather I would rather watch an amazing like three minute package on the mm-hmm. build to Adam Page versus Brian Danielson than mm-hmm. listen to somebody cutting a three minute promo. I would I would prefer that a hundred yep. times out of a hundred. I really would and mm-hmm. listen, there's some great promos and CM Punk's great on the mic. And a lot of times I think they give a little too much time. I think every every time we've had it, including the phenomenal twenty minute one, I think mm-hmm. the twenty minutes could have been fifteen and I think the ten minutes mm-hmm. could be seven. And mm-hmm. and, and a, a video package can do a lot of work building a title match. Mm-hmm. And I think people would be more excited because legit when we started the show, I knew we should be talking about Adam Page. There's not a lot to say about it. There hasn't been much to talk about. No. Yeah, there hook, hadn't been hook. a lot. Not when you're giving us hook. Not when you're giving <laughs> us a legend like this. And yeah. uh and that's and the thing is, that's not what you look, the hook thing was and I'm coming back to hook now, in case yeah. you didn't re- re- realize. It always comes back to hook. It always comes back to hook. They finally sent hook. The fact that the internet had already been hyping hook, ironically, and then that yeah. built into the real hype of how great his debut was. As great as that was, and as much as I'm loving it, and I'm loving having fun with it, that's not what we're supposed to be talking about, man. We're supposed to be talking about the Mm -hmm. champion. We're supposed to be talking about Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. Without Mm -hmm. it, if if you told me six months ago that was going to be the first match of Adam Page's, of his presidency, of his administration. Yes. Yes. I would have lost my damn mind. And now Mm -hmm. we're looking at it, and I know it's going to be great. But every time mm-hmm. I look at that lineup, you want to know what I say? I say, man, I'm excited for that Serena Deeb, uh, Hikaru <laughs> Shida match. That's what I say every time because, like, yeah. we've just been slow, slightly teased. We've just been peppered mm-hmm. with this tiny bit mm-hmm. of Bret Hart, Serena Deeb. I'm so yeah. excited about that. But yeah, this build has been terrible. It's been a terrible build it has been. for a man it, that I think still... will be a great champion. Yeah, and I was still excited about the match. I'm excited about Paige. Uh, Danielson, yeah. this week, I finally realized, you know what? He's my favorite wrestler of all time. He, Ricky the oh, Dragon, wow. Steamboat, and Bret's heart. Yeah. You know, They've been replaced. God bless them. I love them. They'll always be my heroes, but they're two and three now. And and I still think I still think Brian should lose. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Because the build, I'm still excited about the match, but it's despite the build, not because yeah. of it. And that, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't sit well. No, no, it doesn't sit well when we're excited about them because of who we are, not what we've been shown. That means we've right. been presented with the wrong things. And, and the right. thing is, the general idea is good. The idea of I'm an assault the dark order. But the thing mm-hmm. is, it doesn't make sense. You have to Adam page, page you- he, he, the thing is, I believe he's now said he wants to fight every week, but you're still putting it off. And generally, we've got Tony Khan making making booking decisions in two seconds, uh, you right. know, in storyline. And you've got champions basically being able to do what they want, but he can't fight Brian Danielson. I don't know. And right. also, we had we had John Silver a couple weeks ago explain to everybody why. Adam Page can't touch Brian Danielson, and then you get Adam Page touching Brian Danielson the next week. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, I don't know if you read Marvel comics back in the day, but oh, yeah. they used to have a thing called the No Prize that they would give to people when something didn't make sense. You could write a letter yep. to Marvel and give an explanation of of why that actually did make sense, and if they liked the explanation, they'd send you a No Prize, which was just an empty envelope. 
uh, you know, saying, yeah. you know, here's your no prize. That's fair. And I to think Tony day. relies on no prize explanations a little bit because, you know, those of us who are who are a little more prone to to root and 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 not you know look for the 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 gray lining yeah. is uh you know well he's set it for that night and that doesn't make any sense either but you know yeah sometimes we'll bend over ourselves trying to justify it to this day I think that's where my I argue with my best friend a lot we both love AEW we usually have different opinions and what I always say is if I was the writer this is how it ex- I would explain it and I think that actually comes from the no prize back in the day absolutely. Um, well, we've kind of already talked about winter is coming. You're going to be there in person. I'm really, yep. really excited to talk about it next week with you when you're, when you're coming off of being there live. And I'm hoping you'll have a chance to watch it on TV. Cause I really want to know, I want to talk to somebody in person who saw it on TV and experience it live and know the yep. difference. Oh, and of course you're going to see rampage live too. If you're there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's both. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. So we're going to be great. I'm super with. excited about it. I, you know, I went down there uh, in July with, with last time they were there at the Curtis Culver Center in Curtis Curwell Center in um, in uh, Dallas, near mm-hmm. in the suburbs of Dallas. Yeah. And um, it's a great environment. I think this show is going to be greater because I think just the, the heftiness of the show uh, will have people really hyped up. Um, to me, it's the perfect size for an AEW show. It's about 6,000 people. Oh, okay. And if you're not going to have like 20,000 people in Arthur Ashe Arena, I feel like the 6,000, a 6,000 in a 6,000 seat building <laughs> is yeah. perfect. I used uh, to book. Because it's just enough to really feel the, the, the energy of the crowd, but yeah. not enough to where it kind of gets lost. In college, um, I was, uh, the entertainment director at the school I was president of the union board. We put on all the entertainment and we had a, an 8,000 seat arena and we, uh, so we did a Google dolls concert when they were super hot. They're dizzy up. Mm-hmm. The girl had just come out and we did 8,000. We did like 80, 81, 25 in a place that seats 8,000. And you're right. That six to eight, like that size can be, it can look amazing and it can be mm-hmm. awesome when you've got a really hot crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about you talk about this with you next week. I think this was a good week for AEW. Um, it might mm-hmm. not have started out that way, but Hook Hook is a salve that fixes all wounds. <laughs> Hook so, was uh, Tony Khan's Christmas gift to us all. That is exactly right. It, um, I can't. I kind of. It's like if you're gonna like if you're gonna be bringing this these gifts, like gold, frankincense, and Hook might be the correct way to honor <laughs> Jesus during his season, you know. Um, but until next week, follow me everywhere at Peppermint Fatty Kevin. Where can people find you if they want to talk about some wrestling with you? At Kevin Ely is pretty much where I am everywhere. Uh, Twitter is probably the best place to hit me up on that. But actually, the best place to, if you want to interact is in the Facebook. Uh, fight game media group on Facebook. I'm out there a lot arguing with people all day. Come join us on in the fight game media group. I think I referenced it a lot today because that's where I found all the best discussions this week about AEW. Um, of course, go check out fightgamemedia.com and come check us out. Patreon.com backslash fight game media. So until next week, have a great one, everybody. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.